Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hello and welcome to the IGN UK podcast. I am Alex and this week I am joined by Luke Karamali. Hello. Daniel Kruper. Yo. And returning from South America. It's Chris Tilly. <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> oh no, you're going to kick off with an accent. That's all I'm going to do. Okay. That's it's it. like when I um, said Latino review last week in the in misjudged. <laughs> Latino review. <laughs> oh no. Wrong. Don't, don't Always don't wrong. It. Always wrong. Yeah, now I'm back. I'd like to thank all of our listeners for sending me uh, quite cruel tweets after England had gone out because <laughs> everyone knew that I was off to Brazil and everyone seemed to find that most amusing. Equally, that sign that was up in the crowd at the England-Costa Rica game that Daniel yeah. tweeted uh, about people wasting money going there. I did have several listeners message to ask if that was me. <laughs> well, I thought it might be you. Obviously, <laughs> I know what you look like, so I know it wasn't you. Right. Well, fortunately, I didn't spend as much money as those guys did because they were saying everything cost them two grand. But I bet getting that what, big like, A1 poster printed exactly. in. When I saw that, I thought, you know what? When you're on holiday in Brazil... Are you going to, like, bother to track down, like, a pronto print? To Maybe get they made? wanted their 15 minutes of fame. Yeah. It just seems like Worked. a lot of faff getting a USB to a printer's in, in Sao Paulo. It's not, it's not as much faff as going all the way to Brazil to essentially watch Frank Lampard's testimonial. Because that's what I did. Yeah. It wasn't a great game, the third game. <laughs> not really. No. no one cared. It was a boring nil-nil. Lampard shouldn't have started. It was just, the whole day was weird. The good thing is, though, it sounds like you had a great time. The whole trip. Well, I went to the other side of the world to watch football in bars, which I probably could have done in London. Yeah. But there are worse places to be than Brazil when a World Cup's on, so. True. It was fine. Although Brazilian football squads are probably not thinking that. Not now, but when I was there, they were having a great time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, dear. So there you go. That didn't end well. No. Anyway. That's depressing. So good. Let's crack on with this week's podcast and a first piece of news which um, was very exciting indeed. You don't sound very excited when yeah. you said well, that. Well, I, it I, I was exciting. building up and then I thought, well, because we had the exclusive. Let it, let it speak for itself, Alex. On IGN. We did. We had the exclusive trailer for 24 hours. You're going to say oh, yeah. what it is? Oh, yeah. No, building oh. anticipation. Okay. It is Australian Isolation. They've reunited. The original cast of Ridley Scott's 1979 in brackets masterpiece. Most of them. Alien. The entire cast, apart from one. <laughs> Which apart one? from Ian Holm. Oh, why isn't he come back? He, I don't Bilbo. know. Bilbo. Bilbo. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. He's too busy. Or, or or Ash, as he is in this film. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's not Bilbo in this film. Oh. Um, he had a dark that, side in uh, Lord of the Rings as well, didn't he? That bit where he. His eyes go a bit weird. Yeah. <laughs> Scary. <laughs> Well, you should have warned people you're going to do that. People watching this will be petrified now. Yeah, because people are yeah. t- tuning in for FTSE Weekly. And now they're getting you doing scary Bilbo Yeah, sorry. Where's, where's the table gone? Just to interrupt. Uh, it was slowly but surely, one by one, pieces are going out the studio. Okay, fine. We've only got three chairs next week. It's what everyone listening was asking. Yeah. <laughs> I, feel, uh, I feel naked. Yeah. Uh, you on. are naked for all your listeners. <laughs> um, that anyway, would be a weird back on track, please. Uh, so, they've reunited the cast for some pre-ordered DLC so if you pre-order the game you get a special mission called Crew Expendable where you can play as Dallas Parker or Ripley just after Brett dies and you Spoiler. get the chance to execute Dallas's plan which is originally to go into the events mm. flush out the alien into the airlock and blast it out into space and in this bit of DLC you can fulfil that plan you're not doomed to fail it's not like just reliving the scene from the movie because that'd be you a can, bit boring you're yeah, just, just like dying every basically time basically waiting for the alien oh great I'm Dallas am I yeah, yeah. cheers um, yeah. so we were saying good if you're in the Irvance and you turn around and he does the little jazz hands like he does <laughs> <laughs> hi um, so there's that and if you pre-order from select retailers I think in the UK it's going to be game um, you get a second mission, which is um, the end of the movie, whereas Ripley, you've got to initiate the self-destruct sequence, even though she tries to switch it off. It still happens anyway. And then escape to the Narcissus. Have you played either of these yet? No. 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 Just, I've shown a video. Yeah. Nobody's playing okay. yet. Um, but yeah. That's awesome. That's quite cool. Like, it's re- cool, like, yeah. Ripley, there's quite a big deal. Scorny Weaver, you know, there's been a lot of talk of Alien 5 over the years. She didn't reprise the role. 
they've managed to show her this game and get her on board. I'm sure they've given her a bunch of cash as well. Mm. They're not doing it for the good of her heart. Uh, yeah, but, I wouldn't imagine. But again, it's the right look and feel yeah. and right approach that's probably sold her people. She shouldn't have to do this. No. So reprising the role of Ripley's pretty cool. Well, I like what it said in the interview that you did where uh, they were giving her lines to do and things to do. And she was kind of saying, yeah, Ripley wouldn't say that. Yeah. She'd say this. And they were like, oh yeah, she would actually. She's yeah. very protective of that character. Yeah, yeah she's, she produces the films now, doesn't she? And yeah. she's very heavily involved. So that's cool. Yeah, real and, Ripley, and also like this game. Like I've been to CA, we're making it, and these guys are obviously tremendous Alien fans. So to, for them, like to like write new bits of dialogue, mm. to like you know they're very respectful and reverent of that film. Hence, this game takes place kind of in between the cracks of Alien and Aliens. You play as in the main game, Chris. You play as her daughter. Yeah, the, the one is, which is part of the mythology. Mm. You know, she has a daughter who yeah. dies. Yeah. Um, Dice as an old woman, I should say. Mm. And for so for them to go back and like write kind of new bits of dialogue for these characters to play, that's pretty that's a really cool thing to do. Yeah. Anyway. Will it be better than Prometheus? Well, it, it's gonna be a thing, so probably yes. <laughs> um so Jones the Cat's not in it though. Yeah, we've yeah, discussed you were sad about that one. Yeah. yeah. Especially when all these developers are now talking about motion capping animals. I think a cat would be really hard to motion cap. What do you want me to do? Move. Motion cat. Motion cat, yeah. Motion cat. Cat purr. Mm. I love Jones. Cat purr. I think if Jones the cat had been, if a cat had been motion capped for as Jones for this DLC, I think the internet might have melted. Well, especially mm. if they got too much for them. If they got the original Jones back, <laughs> still got <laughs> it. And, um, and reprising his role um, thirty-five years later, a dusty corpse of a cat. <laughs> little walk, oh, little walking look, stick. Look at him. Look at him in the motion suit. Quite motionless. <laughs> yeah. That's good timing. We've got a, his, uh, a history of motion cat feature that will be on the site by the time this podcast drops. History of motion cats. <laughs> to, go, to go to the top 10 well, if it's, if it's um, <laughs> Cats first moved in 1922. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> right, we're getting bogged down here. We're getting here bogged we down in cat movements. <laughs> yeah. Internet loves cats. Yes. Anyway. You were in. Uh, you went to the seaside, didn't you? I am. I'm falling down on my chair slightly because my mic's lower than I anticipated. So I'm having to adjust. But yeah, no, I went to Brighton yesterday um, to the develop conference um, in Brighton, which was very, very nice. So, uh, Where do you go again? <laughs> it was um, Brighton. Okay. <laughs> the develop conference in Brighton. Um, and yeah, the keynote, the opening keynote was done by Mark Sony and Andrew Harris um, of Sony fame. Yes. PlayStation 4 fame. And what yeah, did they have to say? Quite a lot of interesting things. So they were kind of. PlayStation is good. Pretty much. The, the keynote was 20 years of PlayStation, 40 years of. Video game. Is it really 20 years of PlayStation? Yeah. It is, isn't it? Of course, yeah. It's 20 years of PlayStation, Ooh. 40 years of Everything video we're games. doing this week is making you feel very old. <laughs> when I told you, you it's really five old. years since Alien, you were like, weeping. Yeah, but I remember getting the first PlayStation in the office at the time. I know. I discovered that the Game Boy is older than me the other day, which is a bit I didn't realise. There you go. So, yeah. But, um, so yeah, they were chatting about various different things. Um, so about how, when it was originally started... No one in Sony thought it was going to take off. It was very much... You know, PlayStation so yeah. in general. Yeah, yeah, PlayStation. Everyone in Sony was like, why are you doing this? Um, and then they went about Ken Kutaragi, how his plan, his vision from the start was actually the big driving force by wanting to move things onto CDs, making it more accessible. And then just talking about how... Black CDs, in mm -hmm. fact. And then talking about how it all changed. Like, you know, how they used Grand Theft Auto 3, how Rockstar and them <coughs> actually got together and agreed to the first console exclusivity and how that really helped shift the perspective of it as not just something for kids, yeah. but as kind of a bigger thing. Um, and then they moved on through the years talking about how they... Because I think most people know, but Mark Cerny, Andrew House and Shuhei Yoshida have all been working at Sony or in and around Sony for about 20 years. Um, and so now they're all kind of, you know... He certainly said that he refers to them as the three musketeers, um, which Andrew House wasn't too keen on. Um, but well, yeah, so would we, he we, rather they were three amigos? I don't, I don't quite know. Is he Dusty Bottoms? <laughs> three Stooges. <laughs> no, I'm not getting bogged down in this. And then, um, come yeah, on, they also, they also talk, no, I don't know, behaving. I don't know any of the other three amigos. Three, like, three Stooges, three little pigs. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, three degrees. Three Viking. Three lost Vikings. <laughs> That's weak. I don't think it was called Three Lost Vikings. Three uh, yeah, bears. but I was young, so I was into. Oh. I was I was young. I was into counting. Was that? Three bears. <laughs> Who's Goldilocks? Uh, um, 
go back to the story yeah so I've, and then I've all, not learned to listen and then they, they all talked about um, the Playstation 4 and stuff and so during the development it went through lots of iterations and um, Andrew House was saying oh, he had lots of sleepless nights because there, w- there wasn't going to be a hard drive originally they were going to do a flash drive um, and then they were like oh well <laughs> sorry I'm just thinking of Goldilocks is this, is this hard drive too big or too small? Or is it just right? Is, is the exhaust fan too hot or too yeah. cold? Um, so, yeah, they basically went through all of that. And um, just and in the end, obviously, they decided to do it. But because they decided to do that and they upped the RAM, that's why the camera came out of the box, they said. Right. So I also had an interview with them, um, one-on-one, which was really interesting. So there'll be well, more one on that. Or one-on-two. Or one-on-two. Um, but it, the, the bit that I really wanted to get... Um, Andrew Howes admitted that when the first designs of the PS4 were done, there were five designs all in sketches. Yep. And he, well, there was original one and he hated it. And the developer, the designer was like, this is like, this is what it needs to look like. He was like, no. And so he gave feedback and the guy redid it. And they were five sketches and he chose two of them. And then those two were made into mock-ups. And then in the end, the one that we have was one. Yeah. But obviously he was like, oh, maybe you'll see them one day. Maybe you'll see them one day. And so everyone's kind of speculating what would they look at like, because apparently they were very different. And so I just think it would be quite nice to see them. Did he? But you haven't seen them. Haven't seen them, and he did he give a did he give a description? Did he give an audio description? No, he wouldn't say anything about them because I I would assume I thought you were leading up. Yeah, well, I no, did as well. Because I my my theory is potentially <laughs> that they may all tease. They may revisit them for the the inevitable slim redesign. So you're saying I there might there might be a story one day? Yes, okay. but I also asked him about the slim redesign. What did he say to that? Uh, you'll have to wait for the feature to find out, Well, this will be an annoying podcast and listen to it right now. It's usually quite annoying for most people, I think. I, think. I just want some answers. I haven't got any to give you. I'm sorry. How did that make it onto the list, that? <laughs> well, I've got, like... It, it was interesting at the time, I thought. Oh, did you... If only we could go back to the future. Oh, uh, well... It's so funny you should say that, Alex. Is it, right? <laughs> um... If you're a Back to the Future fan, which I know you are, indeed you dressed as Martin McFly to my 30th birthday party. <laughs> always always worst, looking at your watch. Worst Martin McFly ever. Oh. And every photograph he's looking at his watch just should, in case we, people don't know who he is. Should we explain why you went Martin McFly? Yeah, because I hate fancy dress. And so I just wanted to use whatever was in my wardrobe already. <laughs> which wasn't Martin um, McFly No, clothes. I know that. <laughs> but it was the nearest to anything that I possibly had. What was what, the theme? Uh, Favourite film characters. Okay. <laughs> so you could look more like Martin McFly in the future because in October nice. uh, nice. the hoverboard from Back to the Future 2 is going up for auction in London of all places at uh, the View Cinema uh, Westfield Centre they are a shopping centre yeah but it's big <laughs> so what a weird place to do they're, they're, they're having a big exhibition there for okay. two weeks of all the props they're going to be selling and there's some good stuff there so you've got the uh, the hoverboard which their estimated value is between uh, 10 and 15 thousand pounds that's not as much as I thought it would be actually no I don't know that doesn't sound like it's a lot of money, obviously. But. Well, you can compare it to some of the other things that are going up for auction. Um, a golden ticket from the original Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Exciting. 15 to 20,000 pounds. Mm. It's a solid gold. It's even more. Play higher or lower. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. He's only got, got two got more. <laughs> um, uh, crew jacket from Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Ooh, crew jacket. Higher. It's Episode lower. One, but it's Episode One, and they're probably lower. Lower. Episode One lower. So uh, 15,000. We saying. Higher or lower than the golden ticket? I, lower. Would say, I would say lower. Lower. I don't know. I think Star Wars higher. I think a lot of people pay a lot to be part of that. <laughs> it's 80 quid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, Luke, Luke yeah. you would have no, lost a lot of money. Luke, do you want this, um, this crew jacket from episode one? Yeah. It's, I'm, free. it's 20 <laughs> grand. 20 grand. <laughs> right, taken. You would have gone straight in. High. <laughs> I would have taken oh. 80 quid, mate. That's like cheaper than a lot of jackets. It's pocket change, isn't it? Um, everyone it listen- it's, it's actually just a regular jacket, but because it appeared in episode one, it's depreciated in value. <laughs> <laughs> North Face. I hope, like, I hope I everyone listening to this is playing along at home. Yeah. yeah. Um, what about Captain Nemo's Nautilus car from the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? Oh, can we do higher than 15k? What, 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 One of the biggest what, flops what, of all time. What is it again? He's higher th- Captain Nemo's Nautilus car. I don't it's really. Car. Know. It's a full car though. So, so let's do higher or lower than fifteen grand. Yeah, let's go back. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. All right. I. Uh, it's a whole car. Twenty, I, like twenty grand. I'm saying because that was what. Higher or lower? Higher. That was a bad film. It was terrible. But, but yeah. it'll, it'll be a one-off. Like there won't be multiple versions of it. No, but at the same the time, on there is no collectability. Is that a word? 
Yeah. But, yeah. but there is. I I'm will like, say I've lower. Got, there is I'm going to say low as well because I think it's. I'm going to go higher. Krupa's right. It's between 40 and 60 grand. I should have known that going with Kamali, I was doomed to fail. <laughs> well, that's why I didn't go first. 20 grand on a coat. <laughs> um, 60 grand, which is actually more than League of Extraordinary Gentlemen grossed worldwide, ironically. Zing. No. no, of course it isn't. That's oh. a little, I'm, a, I'm a little bit of film fan. <laughs> uh, a little bit of levity. Chris Anyone? is back. What about Arnold Schwarzenegger's oh, biker outfit from Terminator 2 Ooh, Judgment Day? Oh, higher or lower than what? Uh, 40 grand. Higher. It's iconic. It's an iconic and it's a one-off. It might be like two. Pretty sure you said that for these, No, no, but, these, but I didn't say that about the crew jacket when there's probably 400 of them. Right. These are the things you've got to like What are you saying, Kamali? I'm going to say higher. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Still there's high. probably only like two or three of them. Higher than what? 20 grand? Yeah. Yes. For, uh, higher than 40 grand. Yeah, higher than 40, 40 grand. Yes, higher than 40 grand. Lower. And Alex is correct. Half. It's up to 22 grand. <laughs> I, got, I think that's really good. Right? I think that's brilliant. Like you would how much I'll, I'll buy it I think that'll uh, go up 22 four. grand up to 22 grand I'd be interested to see what that actually goes and for. we have one left okay an aluminium chair designed by HR Giga for Dune Ooh. oh that's got to be a lot isn't it? how much did Giga do more, more than what for what we're using the base from the last uh, 22 one. grand is the higher or lower than 22 grand it's not exactly the, the alien costume is it which he designed didn't he but it's not it's a chair um <laughs> was it actually used in the film or I guess so yeah okay. yeah the only thing about this is like he produced a lot of stuff I know what I'm going to say Ooh, I'm gonna... well, why don't you go first Alex I want Kamali to go first <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to aim for my first win and say lower lower than no, 20 40, grand oh lower than 20 I thought we did 40 20 grand um, I'm going to say lower I was going to say lower uh, higher, it's actually the most expensive <laughs> object. It's 80 grand. He got all of them wrong. <laughs> he got everything wrong. That's the most that. I have no concept of money. As far as I'm that is basically true. True, like, confirming you are indeed posh. Yeah, no idea about money. <laughs> as far but, as I know. But, to be fair, it's a weird scenario where we're saying a chair is more than a car. Yeah. Yeah. This is not the regular world. I think Luke knows that a car is usually worth more than a chair. And I think a jacket's usually worth more than a chair. Because cars usually come with chairs. Yeah. A, jacket a, is, a jacket is not worth more than a chair. <laughs> what are we, let, can we move <laughs> on? Right, okay. um, what kind of chair? Right? Talk about abstract economics here. It, it would be, this could be, though, a conversation for a future podcast. What what prop would you What's buy if you could buy a prop? Because you should get the readers to suggest some and we should I do just, it. I have it as a conversation. Do hour. Yeah, do we have any more? Can <laughs> we have to move on? We have to move on. We've got a screening to go can to, you guys. Do me a favour. Just keep tabs on that auction because I want to play that. Well, no. Do you want details of it? The exhibit's on from October the 1st. And the auction takes place on October 16th. I think we should do an office trip. October oh. the 16th? Yeah. Oh, God, that's ages away. Oh, well, say, say put it in the diary. Well, we're just going to sit at the back of the room sure. going, Hi. Can we, can we <laughs> Should we see if we can do a podcast from the exhibition? Oh, imagine that. Can we ask Per if we can buy something for the IGN London office? Are we not allowed to talk about the props that we'd like to buy then? We can do. I just I felt like we've been on it for quite a long time. <laughs> All right, then. It's good. I'm excited. <laughs> what, would you, what prop would you like to buy, Alex? I'd like to buy uh, Han Solo's blaster. <laughs> Is that a euphemism? <laughs> <laughs> Just like the and, and how much would you pay for it? Oh, goodness. Uh, <laughs> While we're on the subject. Probably less than a chair. Less than a chair. <laughs> Croops, what would you... I want the night vision goggles that come in the cars on the tour of Jurassic Park that Tim plays with. It always really annoyed me that scene as a kid because I bet Tim... they don't really work. No, probably not. But he gets them out. He puts them on. They look really cool when he's looking for the goat behind the fence. And Gennaro, the lawyer, goes, Hey, kid, put them away. Do you know how expensive they are? How expensive they are. How expensive they are. If I was Tim, I'd be like, piss off. My granddad owns all of this. Yeah. Know your place. Oh, you work for I me. Bet you were a rude little child. Right? I wasn't really polite. <laughs> I'm fat. So, okay. yeah, moving on. Luke, what would you be I probably after? want a lightsaber, I reckon. They're not real. It's just a handle. It would just be a handle. No, but they, all, they have like the um, reflective <laughs> cylinder that goes out the end of them. Are those are the replica ones. Yeah, but like to have one a real one. ones, yeah, that'd be quite nice. Although have, most of them are quite battered and bent, like because they've been used so often. I think one oh, of the who models. Oh, who had the curved lightsaber? Uh, oh no, Duke had the curved handle. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say you. You McGregor sells all his original ones. We mention you McGregor quite a lot on this podcast, but he does have all his original ones that he used in the. But again, episode one, so probably not worth much money. But two and three, which are also not. They're still prequels. Well, you know, still I don't know how much they're worth, <laughs> do I? I've just proved it. <laughs> what about you, Tilly? 
Oh, well, I just bid 20 grand on a crew jacket from Phantom Menace, so <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Bargain. I bet it's a you sweet almost, jacket as well. more grand, you could have got Schwarzenegger's. <laughs> what are you doing? You just look badass walking around as Terminator. <laughs> Schwarzenegger's jacket. Every time well, you walk like, into the office. Looking like a frock. Your, your boots. <laughs> oh, another accent from Al. Got them all, hasn't he? When I was a kid, I wanted an Ewok. <laughs> And then when I was old enough to understand that they weren't real, yeah. I wore an Ewok outfit. So maybe I'll say that, although I don't know what I do no, with it now. No, you want David. I want him. I want him. Mummy, get me him. I wonder how much he'd be. I don't, I don't think well, you can buy that would have been a, That would have been a good ex- episode of Extras. Not Extras. <laughs> Life's too short. <laughs> Right, moving on. Sorry about that. Uh, there you go. That was a good story. See, that's a good story to bring up, story. Luke. I'm sorry. Lots of conversation. Right. Beginning, middle and end. Let's see if Luke can uh, reel it back in for the look, last I don't, Look, you gave story. me one objective for this week, and that was to get the feedback in decent order. I didn't order. expect you to be terrible well. for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> and I've already made a complaint about my feedback in, in advance. You <laughs> have made on. a complaint. Well, so Harry Potter is back in Harry a new Potter. story from J.K. Rowling. Mm. Short story. Um, which How short is it? Um, it's about 1,500 words. Oh, that's really short. Sure. And this was a bit of a surprise, wasn't it? And I don't think anyone knew this was coming. It was. So for the like kind of part, so she's got the site Pottermore, which is the only place you can officially buy the audiobooks. Um, but there's also kind of interactive aspects to it. Um, for, they've been holding uh, the Quidditch World Cup for this year. Mm. Um, and so they've been ha- having like kind of blogs supposedly written, written by Ginny Weasley and stuff. What, people like covering it? Yeah, like cover it, it as though it's a real thing. Yeah. So every week. So it, that sounds well boring. In, in line, but in line with the World <laughs> Cup. Right, I'm going to get lots of email now. <laughs> um, but in line with that. And so anyway, the thing that came up yesterday, just completely out of the blue, was a piece written by Rita Skeeter. Um, who is that it's reporter? like the tabloid journalist. Yes, yeah. and um, it's basically just Harry and Ron and Hermione visit the World Cup, and um, as do several of the other main but it's characters. Set how many years in the future? Well, I was trying to figure this out. So Harry, I think, is thirty-four. Right. And at the end of um, what should we call it of the books, it was that whole nine. You had that nineteen years later section. Yeah. Right. So that yeah, takes yeah, you to yeah. about thirty-two. So it's about two years, I think, after. We've, we that's a some, weird part of that. That's weird. Yeah. So we've we've basically like got. Um, oh yeah. I. I've repressed that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I forgot. Like Ron's a bit fat and and yeah. Harry's... And balding, yeah. And then yeah, there's Harry some looks... interesting things about this story, though. Something interesting about Harry's visage. There, There is. So aside from the fact that he's greying, he's got another scar, yeah. um, like, just on his cheek. And so everyone's like, you know, how's That's he got That's the tantalising detail, isn't it? Yeah. It's the scar. Um, and so there's that... Cut himself it, shaving. It says more it about could them. could be... Yeah. <laughs> it was only two years after the film. What's going to happen? Well, this is the thing. He's Well, he's an aura. He's like a dark wizard catcher. Just so when he thought he was too old for this. Yeah. So it, there's some there's some interesting stuff in there, like for fans of the series. Um, but what's quite interesting is at the very very end, um, Rita Skeeter does a plug for her own book, being like, you know, for more on the lives of Dumbledore's army, check back in my book due for release on July the thirty first. And everyone's like, is that her plugging her book, Uh-oh. a fictitious book, or is there going to be? something like a follow-up that has thing. to be or is yeah. it or is it like using the Reese Skeeter character as some kind of metafictional device oh, sounds like we're in a seminar here at university <laughs> well, well, no but like is there some kind of like, like unreliable like narrator say this is a tabloid journalist who's basically ringing a, that is completely the point a life that is popular is, for more you well, know what I mean there's a bit where because as I say Ginny's been writing all of these things and the fact that Ginny apparently isn't Harry is there with his kids yeah. and Ginny isn't there and so it's she's like, speculating is there trouble in paradise are yeah. they going up and so it, it's, it's a it's a Because Rita here, I, I don't know too much about the Harry Potter yeah, world but she's, she's a character who would like milk a story she, She's a tabloid so journalist like, she yeah. makes stuff up she misquotes um, and you know Rowling appeared at the Leveson Inquiry right last year she's very much anti-tabloid journalism so it the, and the Rita Skeeter character is a direct reference to her views on that so I don't, I don't know it could just be that but oh. there's the interesting thing is Roland said she was done. She was never going to revisit the Harry Potter characters as adults ever again. Um, but every and now time she you has, get out, they pull you back in. Well, that's it. She went on to her bank balance went, oh, I could do with a few more. Like, she's got to be living off the royalties. But like, yeah, I'm sure she's quite. Oh, I'm intrigued. I feel like there will be something on 31st of July. Yeah, I mean. Not long to wait. That's the thing. So what do you, what do you, think? What do you, wildly speculating, which is what we always do. Um, what do you think? Do you, well, we know do, fan, do you maybe a Fantastic got, Beasts announcement or something, I was wondering. Because we know that's coming, but we don't have any kind of release window. Mm. But uh, she, she said before, she, she in her head, she has a full-on book, do you think? It, well, in her head, she was like, I've got enough for stories to do with Harry and co. I've got at least enough for two more books. But 
I'm not. She's a them. tease. She is a tease. <laughs> I maybe know. she'll just do more on Pottermore though, because that's mm. you have to pay for it, right? No, <laughs> I thought you did. No, you pay. <laughs> you pay for the books, but um, it's free, and oh, okay. you basically you pay. For, but you've got to register. It's, it's kind of it's kind of viewed as a um. As something a service you use alongside yeah. the book, so it, well, it has in, certain scenes in the books. In two years' time, you've got um, Quidditch European Championships. In two <laughs> years' time, and then um, it's, it, it got it's got ads on it though, hasn't it? Um, I th- I'm not. I don't think so. It's done in uh. association with Sony, and I think the main <laughs> the main focus is it is you can't get Harry Potter audiobooks anywhere else or eBooks. I think as well. So yeah. I think if you want the ebook versions, you have to buy them through that. But obviously, it's obviously a way to drive people to the site. I'm yeah. just Completely. trying to understand you why you would. Able, you used to be able to get the audio books there. You used to, well, you can buy the CDs, but if you want the digital files, I think they, I, I might just Blimey. be thinking I'm. Um, it definitely used to be the case with ebooks. They might, they might have changed it for. You don't really know, do you? I did know. Who move on? Who really likes Harry Potter though? I just want to gauge interest. Me, you I, like, do, I you like do. Harry Potter. I read like, most of the books. I, I saw them. all the films. <laughs> read most of the books. Big fan. I didn't read the last book. Well, that's big, ridiculous. Big, you wasn't invested it, all that time. Hey, big. No, because I was going to... Re- oh, I can't remember my thinking there. Don't also, do someone that. Don't blame me. Well, some, someone had someone... No, you're laughing, but someone had spoilt the, the big ending of one of the books for me as well. That sounded we like say such a couple's dear. Don't, Don't blame, blame me in front of some, everybody Someone on the in podcast. the office blurted out that quite a big character died. But quite a long time after the books had come out. It wasn't that long. It and was it was before the film time. had come out. So unless you'd read the book, you wouldn't know that. Well, that's your fault. It's not my fault. I'm grown up. To work. Bloody grown up. <laughs> Sounds like it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's it for this week's news. Uh, Good. <laughs> Good. Uh, this week's talking point, uh, off the back of the Alien announcement, that there are some big hitters from Hollywood uh, making an appearance in video games, uh, made me think about what are the best and worst um, performances in <laughs> video games. What did you think, Alex? What did I think? What do you want me to start? Well, you've been thinking. I have been thinking. Uh, I hope you've been thinking too. <laughs> so, uh, well, I can think of a lot of bad ones. So one of the uh, first ever Hollywood stars that I interviewed um, for video games was Bruce Willis for a game called Apocalypse. Was he okay with you? Like, he's got a bit of a reputation for this being was a long very time difficult. He turned up really, really late. So uh, it was when E3 was based in Atlanta uh, and the interview was in Planet Hollywood, which obviously... He, he owned, I don't know if he still owns or whatever. Uh, and he was flying in from the set of somewhere, but he was late, an hour and a half late because of his, he had a, something happened with Demi Moore apparently. So, uh, but he was pleasant enough. Yeah, he was nice. But his what was the game? It's called Apocalypse. Right. Uh, and his performance, God, I've got a clip here, which I will uh, attempt to play uh, some dialogue from if I can find, um, oh, come on YouTube. You, everybody moans about our video player. YouTube's way worse. Yeah. <laughs> Never heard that before. Uh, I'd say what though, good thumbnails. Can someone someone do an impression of Bruce Willis? Oh. Right. That's not Bruce Willis. Thanks <laughs> for clarifying. It's a good impression. He's gonna talk in a bit. <laughs> Keep listening. I had all these queued up. Anyway. That's a bit of Bruce Willis. Oh, that's a bit more. <laughs> um, and it's truly, truly terrible. Right. And obviously the other thing that's really, really bad. And I, the problem is, I've cu- oh, you'll recognise this one, Chris. <coughs> Who's this? The Hive haven't been on Earth in centuries. That wizard came from the moon. <laughs> no, he doesn't because he, oh, no, he, he doesn't, doesn't watch, watch it. it. Oh. Oh, you've seen it. You've seen some of it. <laughs> he doesn't watch it, does he? Because he always gets sad. <laughs> I don't know what anyone's talking about. <laughs> it's the most famous show in the world that you don't watch it. TV show. Game of Thrones. Yeah. Yes, it's a character from Game of Thrones, but that's obviously not a Game of Thrones game. It's an, an actor from Game of Thrones. Okay. Go, you you don't recognise his voice? It's Peter Dinklage. Oh, I was going to play it again. Anyway. It's Dinkles. Right. See, that's it, the Dinkles. Dink. Um, <laughs> Uh, so he was widely cussed for that performance, and he's a. Uh, let's hear it again quickly. Okay. That wizard came from the moon. The hive haven't been on Earth in centuries. That wizard came from the moon. It's <laughs> <laughs> a, a, a ridiculous now, piece of dialogue. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's, how it's can not you really deliver help. that with any kind of like I don't know gravitas? I don't know. 
I mean, he is an AI companion, so he is meant to be a little bit... Wacky. Simple. Simple, well, just monotonous, Monotone. Yeah. Yeah. Not very expressive. Yeah. No. But apparently it's been changed for the, the full game, which we... He goes, the wizard came from the moon! Yeah. Is, Dink- is Dinklage a great actor? He's, He's good very good in Game of Thrones. Yeah, I like yeah. him in Game He's of Thrones. He's been nominated again today for the Emmy. Is he? Yeah. yeah. Best um, yeah. actor. He's by far and away the best thing in Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Okay. That and Dragons. But what about... Uh, you guys, good performances, bad performances? I mean, The Last of Us performances all round are obviously fantastic. But, but is that because the people who did the VOs for that are game VO people? Yeah, we're talking about Hollywood stars, aren't we? Um, but, it's, well, are we talking about Hollywood stars or are we talking in general? Well, you tell me. My, I think, okay, in ge- okay, you know what, in general then. <laughs> what's, the, what's this section called? <laughs> it's called, you tell me. It's called Best and Worst <laughs> Acting Performances in Games. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, I think, because this thing, when I interviewed uh, Troy Baker and Nolan North at... Yeah. E3 that for ages we've been saying you know motion capture now the whole the movement is performance capture and when Nolan North said yeah I recently just went back and I did uh, motion capture for Nathan Drake and the PR jumped in and was like oh, you, you mean you mean you did performance capture and um, Nolan North was like what the hell's the difference and right. um, Troy Baker was like oh well you know one is them um, kind of like <laughs> the you know one actually getting you your face and your body and everything and they do it all and like you know he's like, and that's what you know it's better so that's what we're doing now we're doing performance yeah, so he thinks when he wears the big suit with all the ping pong balls on that's just for VO well this is the thing like, <laughs> like no one turns up we're just doing VO today in his big ping pong but balls but I, I think it's to do with like, motion capture is obviously the bodies but performance capture is the face all the ping pongs on that as well right. but, so, but he like uh, Nolan North I interviewed him for Uncharted 3 mm. and he contributes so much to that character yeah. that it really is him. Um, it's not just him putting it on. And the he's, he's also insane. brilliant as well. Like the the his the stuff he did for Penguin in uh, Arkham City was fantastic yeah. as well. So, but again, I think that's because that's how he's he's learned his trade. He's he's become established for that. Mm. He's not a Hollywood actor that's come over and done this stuff. Yeah, and there's there hasn't been an awful lot of success there. Now it would be interesting to see what ha- happens with Kevin Spacey because. Yes. Obviously, we've seen some of the stuff that he's done in uh, Advanced Warfare. Um, and that looks very, very promising indeed. And that's mm-hmm. a proper It looks House of Cards-esque, though, as well, which I don't know that, like... I mean, we know he's versatile, but that looks... The, from what from the brief bit we've seen... I don't is that know, a bad thing? No, but I just wonder if people are latching onto it because of that. Like, you know, it looks very like was, that character. I was going to say, I don't think he is that versatile. No. He does one thing really well, which is just be a bit creepy. Mm. Yeah. Does anyone I haven't played electric. Beyond I haven't played Beyond Two Souls so I don't know about Ellen Page in that again it's just I think she's good but, mm. but no, I don't think it's a standout performance it's a pretty average game she's better in Last of Us though even though it's not actually her <laughs> she's great in that but it's really good in that <laughs> <laughs> I mean Keeper uh, Sutherland right yeah that's I, one I must of the big admit, ones though, when I played <laughs> Grand Zero <laughs> and it wasn't um, Hater. David Hayter. This is like, what you think, because David Hayter is has made that role his own, and he's been associated with that yeah. character for such a long time. To recast and go for the Hollywood star, yeah. And Kiefer Sutherland does have a quite a distinctive voice. Mm. Plus, if you've yeah. watched so much, a lot of Twenty Four, it's going it's hard to actually get away from Jack Bauer when you hear. Yeah, it's, Keith and they're going to be using, and they're going to be saying similar sort of things mm. as yeah. well as yeah. the character Snake. Um, but did you, when you were playing Ground Zeroes, did you think that's? Keith Sutherland or did after a while you just forgot about it because I, I must admit at first it was a bit oh, this is a bit weird but then it well I'm not the world's natural. biggest Metal Gear kind of obsessive I, obviously I think it would trouble those sort of people more but I'd say what I did notice it in was Michael Ironside not playing Sam Fisher yeah, in the most yeah. recent Splinter yeah. Cell because he is that character yeah. like his voice is incredibly distinctive voice anyway yeah. and I think there's two questions here one is having a distinctive iconic voice yeah. which Michael Ironside does and then also giving a good performance as that's that character well, because that's and the they're two point. separate things because yeah. like the official party line in both <clears throat> instances there to do with Metal Gear and with Splinter Cell when we've asked the devs they've been like oh it's because we've made a shift from just you know having someone motion capture and then having someone do VO yeah. to doing full performance capture so we need someone who can be the, like embody the character yeah. and give the voice over yeah. at the same time because Michael Ironside bless him I love him um, he's not the. I don't think he'd shimmy up any kind of drain pipes uh, drain pipes anytime soon <laughs> I'd, 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 Not anymore. I'd watch anymore. the extras to see that kind of stuff. That'd be <laughs> yeah, amazing. He'd bring it. But that's because, uh, like, Patrick Stewart was in Oblivion. Now, obviously, Oblivion is a game that's, what, I don't know, eight years old now, so a long time ago. And in the cutscenes, where he was obviously, he could probably see what was happening, and it was, he was telling a story, he was great. But in the parts of the game where he's delivering different lines and he's reacting to it, so those lines are in isolation, it's wooden as anything. Yeah. 
So it must be tough. I mean, The Elder Scrolls is, is interesting. So The Elder Scrolls Online, when that came out, the main storyline, you've got a prophet who tells you stuff, and that's Michael Gambon. Mm. And he's, at first, when I first started, I was like, oh, he's really, really good at this. But actually, he's just got quite a powerful voice and quite good intonation. And the more you go on, he's very good at faking it. Like, you know, the entire way through Harry Potter, he's always said, didn't read the books, didn't really care about the story, yeah. came in, did my scenes and left. And like, he had literally no interest in knowing anything. And he's just... You know, he's learned his craft on the stage and he's kind of gone through it. Yeah. He's very good at faking it. At can you, t- you can tell when Gambon's faking. Yeah. You can tell when Gambon's yeah. faking. <laughs> I've had enough time with him. Though. Not McKellen. Yeah. Not McKellen. Um, some of the great ones. Um, Ellen McLean as GLaDOS. Yes. Yeah. Great I delivery. Know, she's quite old now, I didn't realise. Yeah, she's an American opera singer, actually. Um, Ray Liotta as Tommy Versetti. I was going to say that. And also... And there's um, a great example of a Hollywood star playing a character... Delivering a great performance, but also the video game character in some way alluding to the actor and their previous mm. roles. Yeah. So it's kind of, you're kind of tapping into something there. You're tapping into Goodfellas, but also by association, kind of American crime films. Mm. Well, I saw this week we had an interview <clears throat> on the site with Michael Madsen, who's in the most recent Walking yes. Dead game. <clears throat> And you know what you're getting when you cast Michael Madsen in a yeah. role. That's, yeah. That guy does one thing again, and he does it really well. Like, yeah. Tough guys. But Samuel L. Jackson was a police officer in GTA San Andreas. Very good in that. Um, But I think there's one conspicuous person we're not really speaking about, and Mm. it's it's Charles Martinez, who I think is a very studied, very mannered performance of an Italian-American plumber. And when he says, let's go, I for one believe him. Yeah. Like I, I, I know he commits to that in a way like very few performers do. And... Would you like uh, it's to see well, him, I think it's an outstanding like work. see him in Hollywood? No, but it's interesting the way that it's progressed over the years uh, between different games. You can definitely like chart threads and he's brought out different aspects to the character. Like sometimes he wants to go, sometimes he wants <laughs> you to join him. And um, I can't tell if you're being serious he's, or not. He's not. I'm very no, I much, didn't think so. I am. <laughs> didn't um, Andy Serkis, was it Enslaved again? Enslaved, yes. Heavenly Sword, no, it was Heavenly Sword. He was, um, he was in he was Enslaved as well. Oh, well, he was, he was involved in the making of Enslaved, yeah. I think, as well. And it's, I mean, what was Heavenly he like? Sword, he, he was the director of the cutscene. Uh, it's Alex Garland, the Enslaved project as well. Isn't he? But he's obviously the king of, of, of celluloid performance capture, so how was he on game? Like he In Heavenly Sword, when he started, he was a bit... I, I didn't think it was great. Well, the bigger problem with Heavenly Sword, I thought, was that the story wasn't very good. Mm. So it's tough when you've got that kind of gig. But I really so he did a lot of the motion capture mm-hmm. for Heavenly Sword. But I think it was more performance capture for Enslaved, if I remember rightly. It's interesting. Well, they're, they're, you're starting to get actors now, that are not just Andy Serkis, that are specialising in performance capture. So Toby Kibble... Uh, is as Cobra as Cobra the he's ape amazing in Dawn of the Planet of the Apes you've seen it I haven't yet yeah. but he's brilliant apparently he's also he's gone straight from that to Warcraft <clears throat> right. where he's it's a performance capture performance yeah. and so it'd be interesting to see if he then d- does a game down the line I because think yeah, Dawn's yeah. a great example and we're, we're going to see it um, this week is um, I saw it last week and Obviously, when you watched Avatar, that's performance capture, but they're kind of humanoid creatures. They yeah. kind of look like humans. Obviously, chimps look like humans, but they're more animal. And mm. I think in Dawn, you realise how good performance capture is now. Because you're looking at a chimpanzee, but you're seeing subtleties of emotion and intention and proper acting where they're mm. not saying anything. But you know from looking at his eyes and a glance and body language, yeah. what his intentions are, that yeah. they have an ulterior motive. And it's that's like one of the most amazing things. There's lots of amazing things about that film, but that's yeah. really... Yeah. Like it's really come of age. Can't wait. There you go. No, I've talked that one way too much. <laughs> <laughs> it's just got monkeys in it. it. Does have monkeys in it? So, uh, listeners, you should let us know which are your favourite uh, and your least favourite. Um, there is one more. Performances in video There's games. Matthew Perry, right? Uh, there is Matthew Perry, but we'll have to save that for another day because okay. we are running out of time. Okay, fine. Uh, that- readers, you can uh, contact us ign underscore uk feedback at ign dot com. Let's move on to listener feedback. And who's okay, cool. I've got the first piece from Jonathan Pierce, who is suggesting forfeits for me. <laughs> is, he, is he confused? <laughs> yeah. Jonathan Pierce, who's um, says. Love the podcast, want to offer punishment for Luke's disappointing effort in sorting the feedback. I think he deserves a How I Met Your Mother-style slap bet. A free slap from every member of the team on the next podcast, or three slaps at any time from a selected member of the group. You can't go wrong. Thanks, John. Well, John, (laughs) sorry to disappoint you, but this week's podcast is organised in brilliant style. Well, you just swore, so now you Not on trial for my language, on trial for my podcast organisational skills. We will be the judge. Yeah, now Rich has got to go and blimmin' edit that out. It would be nice if he did some work for once, quite frankly. 
Well, hold on. What, what's going <laughs> what's on? Here? I think he's just a little bit worried. All right. We're not going to slap you. On a related issue, though. I'm sure this pod, podcast feedback used to be highlighted. Yeah, you definitely need to highlight that it. That was never so part of the original agreement. That no, was, it's it always done. been. For, for, for 250-odd episodes, it's been highlighted. <laughs> That's not true. Well, it, it has. True. It is true. Well, no one's highlighted it for me, so... That's not true. Are you colourblind? You are lying. I'm not lying. You are. I'm not. Anyway, right, anyway, anyway. Let's leave the domestic behind. Absolutely. Just going to start fighting. Back on track. Right, Tom Chinock says, Duck Hunt. Duck Hunt. Three exclamation points. Um, I was listening back to some old podcasts whilst working a dreaded night shift and found a segment that had me in tears. The segment is a bit of feedback in which Alex dons a Matt Lucas voice whilst portraying the role of Kratos in a suggested God of War movie. The segment starts at 46 minutes and can be found in podcast number 100. Can what I is happening? Why are you distracting me? My next piece of feedback is from Tom is Charnock. From Tom Charnock has said, Duck brilliant, Hunt. Luke. Three exclamation oh, marks. It's the same saying, I was listening back to some old podcasts. So... There's a mistake in the That's feedback. That's a massive mistake. That's quite a big That's mistake. That's a massive mistake. Thought of that? That's, uh, <laughs> and, so, and neither that highlighted. Like, that sounds like a funny thing that you did. Can I just... One second. Okay. <laughs> Do you want a slap from each of us oh. or three slaps from one of us? Three slaps from one of you. Do I get to decide who? <laughs> you can choose who slaps you. Creeper. Unbelievable. Yeah. Oh, creeper. What's that mean? <laughs> because I know because these two won't hold back. Whereas you'll be nice. This guy in Dubai who wrote in about us bullying Luke, he's going he's to lose it. Over yeah. This. Right. You so do bully me. I've decided you do bully me. Well, so, so. Look, leave it. After what you said about Rich. Anyway, leave we'll, it. Let's we'll, move on. We'll quickly. save the slap. Yeah. We'll save the slap for 250. Anyway. So, uh, I Actually, don't know, Matt Luke. Yeah. I think he's talking about my Matt Luke. Oh, I can't do it anymore. <laughs> I've forgotten. How do I do it? You're Matt Lucas. I like to remember. Um, I like. It might say have to cake, come back to me. Like, get into some, get the advice no, something I, they do. I do it because I say that I go into that voice when I really want to wind Charlotte up. <laughs> I've got, so I've got, to, I've got to think of something to wind her up with. We'll come back to that, Chris. Mm. Uh, my piece of feedback's already been read out, so I'm sure yeah. this podcast used to be about games and. It's a shame. Um, well, this is a question kind of about games. Okay. Um, it is from. Uh, I don't really know. <laughs> Nobody know. Jen Nagano. Has it not been highlighted? No, Nagano. No, Nagano no Jen. He, he left the name off the bottom. There is no name on the bottom. Okay. Uh, <laughs> hey guys, love the podcast. I was just wondering, after listening to you talk about great games magazines on one of your older podcasts, uh, if IGN would ever start their own magazine. Alex. No. <laughs> oh, we can barely get the printer working. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, oh, the, the amount of times the IGN print. printer breaks. Oh my god! And exactly. Be glad that you've got printed out feedback. Lift I've it. spent too many years working on magazines. I, I think you know it was very. Uh, magazines are close to my heart. I think yep. they were the same with you. We worked on them for you lot longer than me, Ooh, and right? I was really sad. <laughs> a lot <Jesus>. longer. <laughs> I was quite sad to move into online because I liked having that physical thing. But now I've been doing this for so long, it would feel so weird to go back and write something that takes two, three weeks to, to yeah. produce yeah, and, but, and come out. When all the stuff you're writing about, what we write about is so up to date now. Yeah. And it would be, it would just be like being yeah. in the past almost. But would you yeah. like to spend two, three works as getting an issue of IGN out and then having a week off? That, that was the beauty of it all. Mm. But deadline week was absolutely yeah. nightmare. The stress of the deadline week but is not worth the, the week used, of the pub afterwards. I used to do two or three all-nighters a month. And that was hardcore. Yeah, it's like when we've got That's a like massive a exclusive... Uni, like, all on just but to be to be fair if we would have worked solidly all the way through the month we wouldn't have had to do that yeah, <laughs> yeah take that so first week off to get your pub week <laughs> but yeah so that's a no I don't think it's going to happen is it also really boring thing but cost of paper these days <laughs> expensive it's the digital age the digital it's a digital magazine the other thing is <laughs> sorry I can't Chris, good point, Chris. digital digital um, digital magazine isn't it but you could though. do digital magazines but I yeah. think if you read if you IGN on like, a tablet, it's going to look like a bit... It's kind of that experience. But yeah. The thing I... know, but like if you do... Like um, like Wired's app is a really good example yes. of... Or Edges. Like premium Edges. Uh, version. But it's the amount of time and effort that goes into actually creating that, yeah, like, we, that experience. Yeah, we can't be asked to do that. Yeah. No. I'm resizing my own <laughs> thumbnails. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Simpson um, says, last week we talked about tattoos inspired by games or films. Yep. Um, so he has, well, um, so he basically had a Majora's Mask tattoo mm. done of Majora's Mask on his arm. Um, cost him, it took him seven hours to do that. 
It's having a pain. I, I like the way you point that... to your arm when you said that in case we didn't know what an arm I'm was. I'm just worth pointing out. <laughs> I don't know if that's long or short or whatever because I've never had a yeah. tattoo. I don't know how long tattoos take. I, neither do I. I just know that seven hours is a long time. Yeah. So I suppose it depends on the detail. and It's like two films. <laughs> <laughs> it's more than two films. What are you watching? I've never seen as the extended edition of the Lord of the Rings. It's just like so. I used to live with someone who had, or started off, and when I first moved in, part of their body half zebra tattoo, and then yeah, basically having his half of his body done in zebra tats. Half. Yeah. So what's straight down the, down the middle? Yeah. It's like Two Face, only a zebra from the head. So you couldn't see wow. it on his face. Obviously, it was the hairline. But then all the way down, and it started off being like outlines, and then Jeez. every Saturday or whatever, he'd go in and then have bits of inked. Wow. But yeah. Did you talk about Pete Donaldson's tattoo? No. No. He's, he's got, got uh, is it um, Guy, guy Brush Threepwood uh, on his Le- tuck? Ah, uh, is it? Yeah, he's got the bad guy. Yeah. Mm. That's a cool. Pete, Pete Donaldson, friend of the show. Where, where's football the ramble, tattoo? On his uh, calf. On calf. You said calf. <laughs> Um, and then he also says, um, are there any plans Unless on doing another meet cow. and greet? Uh, like a pu- or a pub quiz or something, oh. because Ooh. they haven't had one for a while. Funny you should ask. I know. <laughs> Why are you talking like that? Because Why on July 29th. That was my voice. That's my annoying There voice. we go. <laughs> <laughs> Do it again. No. Why don't you say the details of the quiz in that voice? Because I don't actually know what they are. <laughs> July 29th. You do it, you do it. Uh, on July 29th, do we're doing an Expendables 3 quiz, so it's going to be kind of action movie themed. Uh, and if you go on the site, maybe we'll put a link in the podcast story to it. If you go on the site, you can enter a team. We've got a total of 20 teams, so get your entry in now, and we're going to sort of select 20. to. to and the first prize is tickets to the premiere of the Expendables 3, which I think a lot of the stars are going to be at. Nice. So that's cool. And I'm writing the question at the moment, and they're going to be diabolically hard. And a bit of a homoerotic one round. Really? Mm. Good. Exciting times. There you go. Yeah. Thank you, Steve. Good. Um, Alex from Newcastle. Duck hunt, my friends. Uh, can I just ask what you think about the head of Sony, he means Yoshida here, mm-hmm. saying he doesn't understand those who only like AAA titles. Alex is asking, is he totally out of touch pushing indie titles on the PS4? I can't read the rest of his email. Uh, um, well, but yes. So... Hang on, reiterate the point of that email. She, he's saying that Yoshida said the other day, you know, he like he's done no, sorry, let's go back. Sorry, I didn't mean that actually. In, sorry, I'm only interested in AAA games. Yeah, so what he's trying to say is what I, what I surmise is that he thinks Yoshida saying that he doesn't understand people who only like AAA games is he out of touch? I think Alex saying, of course, there are people who only like AAA games. Yeah. Me. Yeah, but yeah. I don't think pushing or That's supporting true, or providing indie titles is out of touch either. Yeah. I think they're making PlayStation and PS4 a platform for all types of gaming experiences, regardless of what you like, whether you like just indie stuff, whether you just like big blockbusters, or whether you like a bit of everything. See, I like games that show off the platform mm. in its best light. And that yeah. tends to be... But, it's, it's, you but know, you the analogue is, is like saying you only general. like blockbuster films. Yeah, 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 it's, yeah. it's like yeah. whether you like the medium yeah. or whether you like a genre or a type of film. Yeah. Just saying you like blockbusters per se doesn't really mean anything. That's like saying I like expensive films. Well, yeah. I was like, having a, I mean, I I was having like a chat this morning films, yeah. with someone at that... Uh, we went to an Xbox event and they were saying, you know, within the industry we get too caught up on first party, third party, triple A, indie, casual games, to a lot of people, especially people who don't follow yeah. gaming that and closely, it's just a game. Yeah. And if it's and a good for, game, it's a good game. And indie, in terms of video game, is now a genre or an approach rather yeah. than anything to do with economic or publishing circumstances. Oh, same, like, same with music. Yeah, it started yeah, off with music. It doesn't mean... Mm. And you've got games that haven't uh, look indie but have publishers and aren't and so on. Uh, email from Ed Boer, who says, Love the show. That's all I'm going to do. Uh, as critics, you know what makes the perfect game. Mm. <laughs> Therefore, have any of you wanted to create your own game, and what would it be like, and would it be a 10 out of 10? Well, I think the reason we're critics is because we don't uh, make games. Yeah. I wouldn't even know where to start. Yeah. And there's always, this, there's always this thing that's been around as long as criticism has been around, that yeah. like, you have to be able to do something to be a critic of yeah. it, yeah. which is not true. You <laughs> couldn't make that game. Shut up. Yeah, <laughs> but you might know more about the wider body of work on yep. which it draws than the person necessarily making it. Mm. Um, I We actually uh, did a podcast in which we all pitched movies of video games. We did? Yeah, and mine was the best. Well, 
Well, it, it won back then. It maybe won not these days. The uh, Bomberman movie starring Tom Hardy. Super Bomberman movie. Yeah. I think that was going to be the sequel. You just put more practice into your pitch. That's all. It's not my fault you didn't practice. No. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, so yes. <laughs> yes. What? Well, I have got an idea for a game. That I think would, and I think it would get well, ten that's out a of game ten. That already exists. <laughs> oh yeah. Still, I've done it the other way. I've done it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> uh, P.S. He notices that some swear words aren't bleeped. What's allowed and what isn't? It's well, the ones that the really ones which can't be asked to look. Well, for. Yeah, to, to be, we're all really good at self-censoring, apart from Luke. Mm. Now, we That's used to problem. We used to swear a lot more we in did, podcasts, yeah. but we just thought Matt used to swear like a sailor. We thought we'd, my um, filthy Welsh. Igen's a big website. Thought it was unbecoming. Yeah. Uh, to, to that point, though, I have got an idea for a film, uh, a football theme movie. So if anyone's got any money and wants to fund it, uh, drop us a line. It's called Pele. What's your your pitch. five second pitch? I'm not doing it on the podcast. Oh. Okay, still, but I've got, got a title for it's it not now. A cracking title. Well, it's called Extra Time now. Which has a double meaning in the movie. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> that's such a good title. It is good, isn't it? So you know the pitch. Yeah. Yeah, he knows. Would the you pitch. go and watch it? Yeah. <laughs> it's a good idea. I'll tell you. I'll tell you after the podcast. But I can't announce it to the world. Right. Right. That'd be stupid. Okay. Um, I have an email from Sergeant Wataz, who says. <laughs> <laughs> Laugh at his name. He's a ranking member in an army. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, can you read it out? um, Sergeant Waters is saying, um, "Do we have any memorable trailers?" Um, He asked because of Valiant Hearts, the Great War trailer, which left him in tears, um, and the Black Ops Two surprise trailer. Um, he found it very different to Valiant Hearts, but it was still amazing with all the celebrities. Um, on another note, are there any bad trailers that we remember? Um, <laughs> memorable, tra- memorable trailers and bad trailers. I, did, I told you trailer. I didn't even want to read it out. That was That's the one I didn't want to read, read out. And then I thought I'd start off in a fun way. With Sergeant Wataz, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm sure there's been some memorable game trailers and some ones we didn't like. Good. Memorable? <laughs> Can't speak. Well, he's put memorable game trailers. Yeah, that's not Metal what he's Gear exactly Solid put, Two. But is was is the most memorable bit? I can't say. Speak. <laughs> well, memorable <laughs> game trailer. Because he that? called it that, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Um, continue. So Metal Gear Solid Two. Yeah, I, that when that uh, trailer hit E3, whatever it was, <laughs> I must have watched it. Uh, dozens of times because the music was amazing it was uh, Harry Gregson and William uh, Williams music that trailer is perfection Good. I've got one Dead yeah. Island Ooh. yeah the original one yeah. amazing yeah I can go yeah. if, you, if you need go on. you go um, the Star Wars the Old Republic trailers which were those cinematics well they were good weren't they they were very good yes the game wasn't <laughs> but yeah they were good I can't think of anything I was laughing yeah no Star Wars the Old Republic cinematic um, trailers were great let's so, go on to the next piece yeah of feedback. You, sh- you shouldn't have picked that bit of feedback so sorry <laughs> well I've made you guys laugh so thank you Sergeant that's something okay, so um, Adam Strawn still me Adam Strawn um, is emailing about emailing about emailing <laughs> he's emailing about the issue of violence in video games uh, so he did a master's um, in theatre and performance and they he looked at the use of violence to kind, of, in, to kind of drill home a message and teaching. So he says in games it can be used you know, as a means to visually stimulate and entertain so it can be quite shallow but it's most effective when it's used as a device to engage an audience with ideas and theories. So he thinks violence has the potential to allow players to question violent behaviour in the real world and consider its use. So the senseless violence of GTA it's initially fun but you know you become desensitised it wears over quite quickly and then the example he uses where it's really powerfully used is in Heavy Rain when Ethan has to cut off his finger to save his son spoiler alert um, So, but you know that's an example of how yeah. Yeah. in actual fact it violence is appropriate to the story yes. that's been unfolded yeah. mm-hmm. so Which, he says that yeah. violence basically does have a place in games but it very much depends upon you know yeah. You know, it can be used. Oh, it's like in, um, I said this the other week, like in King Lear, when he gets blinded, it's, the whole thing is like Gloucester can't see clearly. And it's like a visual, rep- you know, it's a f- literal representation of his main failing. Whereas the eye gouging in Game of Thrones, mm. it's just gratuitous. Like yeah. you do it because it looks really horrible. Yeah. Which is another way of using it, but, you know, maybe less justifiable. Yeah. Yeah. Good email. Anyway, back on track. Right, this is from Joe. He says, hello, lads. Sometimes I want a good brainless movie. I can watch Transformers. 
know that it's pretty bleep, but still enjoy it. It's my Dynasty Warriors to The Last of Us. Speaking of bot buses, though, oh, I should, let's tackle that first. Do you think it's okay, this notion? Like, lots of people say this. And yeah. they say it probably about Transformers more than most movies. It's like, oh, just leave your brain at the door. Yeah. I've actually heard people saying that in the office. Like, when it's Transformers, it's, it's good fun. You just leave your brain at the door. I can't do that. But I think, you know what, you can expect better. <laughs> yeah. And there are films, obviously, that can be pretty stupid and enjoyable. I think Transformers 4 particularly... I didn't mind aspects of the older ones. Like, they were fun, if quite long. Mm. I think four is really, like, to the point where it's quite insulting. Mm. Yeah. Um, what do, you, do you think, what do you think, Chris, being a film critic? This yeah, whole well, notion uh, of, like, le- like, check your intelligence. Yeah, I, I don't I don't really agree <clears throat> with it at all. But at the same time, there are films like I like watching without having to concentrate too yeah, much. Yeah, me too. Like, I'm not trying That's to... I'm not having to go at Joe, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> really not. not the ones I'm reviewing. Um... <laughs> Like I watched non-stop on the plane the other day. No, I didn't. I watched it when I was in Brazil. and Because uh, you don't watch that film on a plane because it's about planes crashing and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and that was... it. Was the, the logic wasn't there, but I just enjoyed watching Liam Neeson going around a plane punching yeah. people. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, I think there's films that are like nuts and bolts films. They're just put together and they work. And yeah, you'd have to concentrate. So Transformers just give me a blooming headache. Yeah. So yeah. I, 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 we kind of half agree with you, Joe. Like, mm. Taken is a good example of that. I really enjoy yeah. Taken. There's not much else to it, but it's enjoyable to watch. And then the second part is, speaking of blockbusters, <coughs> what are your thoughts on Interstellar? I'm pretty hyped for it purely because of Nolan, but I have no idea what it is. Are we excited? Right, so I, I don't know why. I watched the trailer again this week. And uh, I'm extremely excited for that. Look, film. Hon Hay looks good in it, doesn't but it? It hasn't got. It's going to be interesting. It hasn't got the hook that that Inception had. Was it the special? The effects. The effects kind yeah. of hook. They've not really shown us much. Not seen they? it. Like, glim- I mean, there might be but so those glimpses of the out, like outer space stuff. Yeah. I wonder if the trailer is very earth heavy. Whether the bulk of it is in space mm. and the effects aren't quite finished yet. But what you do see, they are like Kubrickian. Mm. Like the the kind of beauty of it and yeah, the yeah. scale is just unbelievable yeah um, can't not be excited like, by his films these yeah, days and it's, exactly, through, yeah. it's him we've got massive budget when's that arguably, I think so yeah, yeah, yeah arguably the world's hottest actor now like and most acclaimed actor yeah and it's hottest about, as in sexy I did think I, yeah I didn't really mean it that way but <laughs> like I, I, but I also subscribe man. to that theory as well yeah, yeah he's good looking and man. Um, it's about time travel and wormholes yes please yeah there you go. we're on board David Wager writes in about the best sitcom saying he's an aspiring comedy writer and author and a big topic in the comedy world right now is if it's about time to have another best Britain's best sitcom poll. It's been 10 years since the original, which saw that Only Fools and Horses took the top spot and a rather controversial Vicar of Dibley took number three. But it's 10 years old now. Uh, do we need a new one to take uh, things like League of Gentlemen and The Office in? Uh, or do we think that it's all a bit pointless because Mrs. Brown Boys will, due, will win due to its current popularity? Well, it just depends who the audience voting is, doesn't it? Yeah, how, I don't actually remember. No, I don't know. I mean, that, yeah, that, that could be a BBC th- One, that could be a Channel yeah. 4 yeah. One. And I imagine only Thoughts and Horses would fall a bit because... Hasn't been well, on telly for a while. And um, the episodes when they went back probably maybe slightly tarnished its reputation. Yeah. I think instead what we should do, and I actually wrote up a list a couple of years ago, but I never got around to writing it, is just my opinion of the top 30. I remember, just, you, I remember just you asked Chris that. Tilly's. Yeah, yeah well, about that, because we we, I remember pitching 99. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it didn't quite make it what's your top well, three Chris it's a you miss, miss that week on the podcast uh, well, similar to the ones you said but obviously the one that didn't get mentioned I love is I'm Alan Partridge yeah. but it's a very personal favourite that one I don't yeah. know if I'd put that on my list of top three but it's my num- personal number one because it makes me laugh the most there you go I have a follow up email to that okay um, it is from Joseph who says, uh, "Don't celebrate that you they're managed to do two. They're linked. That two were linked. Two like, we, like everyone else does every you, week. We're doing about forty. Statistically, it's probably going to happen." This is from Joseph, <laughs> and he says, "Have any of you seen Garth Marenghi's Dark Place? Yes, that's my favourite British comedy. It's quite hard to describe in writing, but it's essentially a parody of eighties horror and sci-fi, complete with terrible dialogue and special effects." Uh, yes, I think we've all seen it, haven't we? Yes, I have. Really you have. Very funny. No. But it's very, very funny. It's real. I like when he has the shotgun at the funeral. <laughs> and just he just cuts to him shooting it ages, like never running out of bullets. <laughs> and then the flame for It's got, the uh, it's the first thing that Richard AOAD sort of popped oh, okay. up in. Yeah. Matt Berry's in it. He's being Matt Berry. Matt, Berry. Uh, Matt Berry. Berry with the voice from um, Mighty Boosh and Toast of London. He's in the IT crowd a bit as well. He's, He's the, the boss, boss in the IT crowd. That's not Chris Morris. I can't do Once the Matt Chris- Berry. 
Yes. I, I, I just think yes. it's yes. Dave booming Barry. voice. I'm sure it's not Dave Barry. Uh, it's no. very funny though. There was, there was only six episodes. It got cancelled quite quickly, but it's on 4OD if you want to watch it. Six episodes. Wow. Okay. And they did a weird commentary follow-up thing, but uh, yeah, check out Garth. Good, good shout, Joseph. Um, so lichen. We discussed lichen a while ago, yes. didn't we? Whether it was lichen or lichen. Yeah. And so Mr. Sandwich, whose real name is Neil, has written <laughs> in to say... I'm not as um, good as Mr. Jizz. He, he, he couldn't... He wrote let, in asking for a job. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't change his email address. Sent it from mrjizz.gmail.com. <laughs> 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 he got it. He got it. Sight unseen. You're hired. Uh, that'd be me. <laughs> um... <laughs> Couldn't let the last podcast uh, Lycan-related discussion go by without mentioning the song the poet, comedian, and singer Rory Motion used to perform. Um, I think the fact that I can remember these lyrics after last hearing them nearly twenty years ago. You guys perform them? Well, I'm going to say them. I perform them. Okay. okay. It's a performance fi- capture. Come on. Always fighting, always bitching, arguing the toss. You say lichen, I say lichen. Let's call the whole thing moss. And so he says. Long story short, I think either pronunciation is valid. There you go. I've never heard of lichen. Well, then when was that? That's the discussion. Right. That's, as in wolves. Yeah. Chris, that's the trouble as with it. Li- as in moss? Yeah. <laughs> Lichen. Uh-huh. As in what? Wolves. Wolves? Mm. No, it's L- L- as in lichen. as in lichens. Lycanthrope. Bloody hell. I've missed some belters, haven't I? Talk about moss. That is, after all, the trouble with lichen. That's fine. Sci fi gag. I didn't get that. Are we done with the. Are we done with the. No, we've got one left. We've got one left. Wait, let's go, limit the number go, right, of okay. right. We've got this is Jens from Belgium here. Long time listener, uh, first time writing in. He's coming to London in July. Well, he's, he might be here by now. For the fourth time now. <laughs> I'm looking to avoid the major tourist attractions of focus on the more obscure spots tourists might not always look for when visiting. Do you guys have any recommendations that I could let myself geek out? Any stuff? Big fan of the gaming industry and British TV. What's your address, Chris? Forbidden Planet. Planet's good. Go to Forbidden Planet, it's a shop. Outside Earl's Court <laughs> Station on Earl's Court Road, there's a TARDIS. Well, like a telephone box that's blue. Oh. If, he, if, he, if he's not moved on. Is that yeah. gamer bar still open that we've... Loading. It's but it's relocated. East now. It's East London. Uh, Loading bar. I was, there's loads of iconic places. Get up really early one morning and walk across, like when it's like 28 days later, walk across some bridges. It's a good shout. There you go. Yeah, the Thames is an amazing place on a sunny day. Yeah, Southbank. Go to go to the, the British Film Institute. Yeah, the British Film Institute. Have a have a have a, co- a coffee or a pint there. Watch a film. Watch there's really there's our second hand bookstore out the front overlooking the Thames. Oh, if you're in London, um, check out what the Prince Charles Cinema has off Leicester Square. They might do a really cool all nighter or mm. a double bill. Like and a, it's cheap. A matinee. It's really cheap, especially yeah. being just off Leicester Square. Yep. Um, Job else? done. There you go. I think that's enough to be getting on yeah, yeah. He probably went home two weeks ago. So. <laughs> uh, I think that's it for feedback, right? Yep. yep. So email address, if you want to drop us a line, uh, is IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com. Uh, let's quickly go through the games that are out this week. Um, there aren't any. So Next. <laughs> no, wait. Uh, IGN Robot wants to... I've put my computer on mute. <laughs> yeah, no, you put the IGN on mute. IGN robots on mute. Yeah. Oh no! What's your computer got this, to do with anything? This has been a shambles. Honestly, I think the other podcasts I've seen them on IGN. They like pick one subject and they talk about it for an hour. We're giving out tourist advice. So we are auctions and moss. Um, the pronunciation. Are you going to get that word? Can I? We- yeah. There is such all out this week when it comes to games. That's what we did. That, that was a swear word. Zod. <laughs> Neil before. I'm having the time of my life, Alex. Can you do an entire song's worth of lyrics? Oh. Yeah, no. Wait, 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 wait. Pull up the lyrics. Is this going to be for, out this week? For video? Video? No, we don't do them anymore. <laughs> oh, do we not? No. Because we end up doing this and offering no, yeah, no consumer-friendly advice whatsoever. So much has changed since, since I've been away. Yeah. No, we, we, we kind of went a bit off-piste. Well, shall I do films? Yeah. I'll, yes. I'll, pre- I'll prep this. He's doing that pointless I, thing. <laughs> um, Can you do it in a robot voice there, Chris? Transformers Age of Extinction is out this week. It got 6.3. Can you do it in have, binary? No. Have you seen it? No. Oh. It's not very good. You have seen it, haven't you, Daniel? Yeah. It's like... What would you score it out of ten? One. 
<laughs> we said it Are was you made speaking in binary. I've got quite a long quote, so I'm not going to say it. But um, okay. so the uh, summing up of our review, Do six normal p- voice. Uh, 6.3 and Ross said it's made for fans of the franchise those who don't enjoy Michael Bay's particular brand of excess and spectacle will be best served to remain at home lovers of all things explosions visual effects marvels and autobots will be granted a wealth of all of the above plus a few intriguing and unexpected twists at a certain point it may start to feel like too much of a good thing though I like the twist where it was an hour and a half in and so now it was another hour (laughs) (laughs) that was a good twist Um, but the other film I will talk about this week is one I haven't seen I was away while they were screening it but I'm hearing such good things about two films that you haven't seen this week. <laughs> yeah, it's not, that's not abnormal. Uh, boyhood. Or when you review them. Boyhood. Yeah. You know about this, yes. don't you, Dan? Richard Linklater's uh, new film. Have you film. seen it? No. Oh. Um, it stars Ethan Hawke, Patricia Arquette. Arquette. It was a very interesting film experiment. It was shot over mm. 12 years. Um, shot in Austin, Texas, and uh, it's about this family, and it's about mainly about this eight-year-old boy. But it follows him for 12 years. He Can kept coming ask, back and shooting him. Why does everybody say Austin, Texas, not just Austin? Sounds know. like a bloke. Because it sounds like it's in Austin. Well, it's like, Austin. Austin. Is Austin famous enough? They shot a film in Austin. Pure bloke. Is yeah. Austin famous enough? It's like what? a camera. It's an yeah, I guess it is now. Yeah. I think everyone say Austin. Well, I just think people might know. Might not know. But you say that a lot of places. Right. You say Dallas, Texas. You say most, but like I don't. Don't you? No, I would say Dallas. But you're yeah. a man of the world. Well, the film's you know? all right. Yeah. Anyway, it's great. Where it go? Where it go? Can't hold it back anymore. She needs to sing a bit faster, doesn't she? Really, that's a bit rubbish. Anyway, well, this so, has been a wealth of fun. So, in terms of games, well, I'd probably just try and find some funny things for a robotic voice to read out on uh, the internet and in movies. Well, go and see Boyhood. Boyhood, Boyhood. but everyone will go Boyhood. see. Boyhood. <laughs> I'm pretty sure everyone's going to go see Transformers, so it doesn't really yeah. matter. Good. Well, as long as you leave your uh, your brain at the door, you'll be all right. Exactly. Exactly. And your bum, because. What? Ooh, it's wow. long. Oh no! Some kind of like what weird mess. <laughs> we should end this it's now. Like when you go and see a screen and you have to leave your mobile at the uh, at reception, you leave and your brain in your eyes. Can I make a suggestion before we end this podcast? <laughs> yeah. Let's not do it right at the end of a Thursday. Oh, I think we should. <laughs> I think yeah. that the brain. I, I was going to suggest we start doing more Monday mornings. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that is it for this week's podcast. Um, we are going to go, and you're going to go and slap Luke three times. Uh, but we're going to have to do that off camera, unfortunately. HR. Um, until next time this week. This time next week. Oh <laughs> my. End on a high, Alex. Bye. See you later. Bye. Bye. <laughs>